like to plug the Chase Thomas podcast. Listen to Chase Thomas. You'll be a smarter sports fan and obviously a much better human being. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff Show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca versus Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Atlanta, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee. Joining me as he does at this time each and every week, it is the voice of the voiceless, Mister Ford, the Ford Niners Hub, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, how's it going? This is my real life voice. Goodness gracious. How much yeah. yelling were you doing this weekend? I thought you were skiing and snowboarding. How did you lose your voice doing that? I went to emo night Friday night. Oh. Screamed screamed a lot for emo they, night. You know, you know, they play Fallout Boy. You know, I, just, I just lose control. How many songs did you scream through total, do you think? I mean, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> no breaks you were just like no i'm not gonna catch my voice it's just no all gas no breaks. I, I went with all of my friends they were gonna go before i i even like and decided i was gonna go to december or go mm-hmm. to visit them in denver and they were very clearly like i had no idea you even could act like that like i, I you know i was in my element yeah so it, i mean that's i i can only imagine there's a lot uh, of screaming going on this entire weekend <laughs> between that and the 49ers game. <laughs> a lot of screaming. Um, Theo Ash of the uh, illustrious and fantastic Stay Hot, uh, a sports podcast. Stay Hot, colon, a sports podcast <laughs> here on the Blue Wire Pod Network. Uh, coworker of mine, great NFL mind, Theo Ash. Sir, how are you? I'm good. I It's been snowing a lot here in Flagstaff. and I was. Is it really? A, Oh yeah, and uh, I was out on a big walk and just kind of trudging through the through the elements. And now I'm back home, all all cozy and warm, and on the podcast. And that's kind of been my day. No skiing or snowboarding though, just kind of walking. I wish I was skiing or snowboarding. Can you do both? I <laughs> I like to think that I can. I've never okay. tried snowboarding. I can ski. Uh, I like to think I could snowboard though. I. I can skateboard, so I could probably snowboard. Yeah, the, the barrier of entry for snowboarding is pretty easy. It's like if you, you want to like really get going, I think it gets a little bit harder. Yeah. I look at yeah. snowboarding um, as this thing where if I watch Johnny Tsunami enough, then I think right. I can have it down. I've never snowboarded or skied, never attempted it, um, but I was a big Johnny Tsunami guy back in the day. And I want, always wanted that. Uh, do, y'all, do y'all ever watch the movie, the Disney Channel original movie from back in the day? 
No, no, not at all. What? Neither of you watched Johnny Tsunami? Did y'all not grow up? I've never even heard of it. I've never even heard of it. I was a Brink kid. I I rollerbladed, so. See, you did Brink. So Johnny Tsunami was right after Brink. So Theo, this must have been just like after your generation, because how old are you? I'm 22. Yeah, you must have. Like, (laughs) those movies weren't even, you weren't even alive when those movies came out. Yeah, it doesn't ring a bell. It doesn't ring a bell. Is it about snowboarding? It's about snowboarding. Um, it's about, well, to begin, uh, not to just uh, spoilers here for a 1998 <laughs> movie, but um, he, uh, this guy, he grows up in Hawaii and he uh, surfs and is a great surfer. His grandfather was a great surfer, but his dad and mom want to move him to a big time prep school. And I think it's Denver, actually. Now that I think about it, I think they go to Colorado. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. It's been a bit since I've seen it. But they go snowboarding and he has to learn how to snowboard and go to this prep school. And he's just a surfer kind of kid and he doesn't want to do it. He's uh, very down. and But he eventually learns how to snowboard and uh, gets into fights with the the, the tucked up uh, skiers who are all super preppy. And like, uh, we don't, yeah. well, no outsiders. We don't snowboard here. You want to be an urchin? Go be an urchin. And that's what they, uh, the snowboarders were called, were the urchins. And I forgot what they were called, but um, same premise of, uh, Brink really I was, with I Team was X Blades say, and Puppet Sets. <laughs> I was gonna say Theo, I'm gonna I'm gonna have you guess what the uh, storyline for Brink <laughs> was. Where it is a Californian surfer mm-hmm. goes to Ohio where they don't surf and he rollerblades. <laughs> rollerblades, roller skates, sir. No, and roller, another thing was, I cannot do. Rollerblade, watch yeah. him out. Uh, roller blade, roller skate. I don't really. Roller skating is like the you know dining. What's the difference? Theaters roller blading. Roller blading is what like waiters at Sonic will do. To no, me. that's <laughs> roller skating. That's Wait, roller that, skating. Yes, that is roller skating. You're right. Roller blading is like ice hockey. Roller blading uh, is also like going to the skate park. Like, mm. I mean, I don't know if you. I, I've always thought it was interesting, but like, I don't. If you remember when you're a kid, there were skateboarders and there were roller bladers, and then I was a roller blader. And it was fine, but then one day they're like, you know, if if you if you rollerblade, you're you know you're a pansy or whatever, you know. Really? And I, that literally ended rollerblading. <laughs> I'm not joking. Like there was just like it just ended it. Like yeah, no you're one, like I'm not getting bullied for this. I'll from pick there up on else. out, yeah. it was like it just killed the entire sport. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, you don't see many rollerblades around nowadays. Lots of longboards. That's usually what I do: longboards I, and skateboards. What's longboards? But- Oh, well, oh, it's just a long skate. It's, it's long more, board. it's easier. It's more you can't do any, tri- you can't do any tricks on it or anything like that, but it's really steady and, and it's hmm. maybe fast and it kind of just gets you to where you want to go. I don't, I don't skateboard to do tricks. I just skateboard to get places. So I've got the long kick board. push. Yeah. Kick push. That's cool, yeah. man. Y'all I are can't believe you don't know me. what a long board is. I mean, look, man, I, <laughs> that's like, that's like saying like, wait, I, that's an absurd thing to say. It's like it's just a very popular thing. Like it was never in my knows. orbit. It's never been around for me. I mean, I've I lived in Atlanta, grew up in the suburbs of Atlanta, now live in Knoxville. I just don't see stuff like that very often. It's just not not my thing. I never saw it. I don't have anything against it. I just uh, maybe never was it's around a West it. Coast thing because it's kind of like surfers. It's in Minnesota, surfing. maybe it's a a, a liberal thing. <laughs> maybe because like the South, you don't see things like longboards. <laughs> Get out of here with your long <laughs> board. With your long your, board. Where's your... In your know. smooth yeah, cruising left to right. We don't like that around here. We're more dirt bikes and uh, four-wheelers yeah, yeah. Uh, down here. Uh, yeah. Now, those I'm very familiar with and all that good stuff. But uh, very pro four-wheeler. Uh, those are fun. Uh, either way, 
excited to talk all things NFL. I didn't get the beanie memo. I went with the the Falcons hat because the Falcons, um, I feel like, and this is how we can kick things off here. Uh, the Falcons did not play football yesterday. And I felt all yesterday. It was really like, a win for everybody. A real win for everybody, including Falcons fans. And part of the appeal to that was, for me, I felt like uh, Uncle Vernon in Harry Potter, where uh, he's like, Sundays, best day of the week. And and he asked Harry, he's like, why, why is that? Why is Sundays the best day of the week? He's like, no post on Sundays. For me, though, no Falcons on this Sunday. I was just walking around where I'm like, I don't have to watch the Falcons waste two and a half hours of my time today. Like, this was so nice to just watch the Titans vomit all over themselves for a quarter and a half uh, with my father-in-law and wife and just be like, wow, that would be horrible to be a, fa- a Titans fan right now. That was demoralizing. Um, not my team today. Not my team all afternoon. It was fine. Like I had no no problems. It was it was great. Like I know Desmond Ritter's coming. We'll get into that in a little bit. But for me, being on a bye was great. Was it just as fun for you, Theo? Yeah, I think so. I think um, I wish the bye came earlier in the season mm. for the Packers because they've been a little bit injured, banged up, and there were some games where I wish everyone could have gotten healthy before the season completely went like haywire. <laughs> but yeah, it was definitely nice not to uh, have to pay attention to what has truly been an abysmal season. And we got the Rams <laughs> next week, so we got the Baker, the Bake Show coming to town, and. Uh, now we just get extra time to prepare for the unstoppable force that is yeah, you, Baker on the you don't uh, prepare for Baker Los Angeles Mayfield. Rams. He doesn't prepare for I was going to say, that's his, maybe that's, what if that's his thing? Like not preparing, like Baker's just best freestyling. No and that's studying, the best just vibes. Him. Yes. He doesn't know what he can screw up. He can't screw up what he doesn't know. Right. right? Like there is nothing. He doesn't know. He, he doesn't know what to do wrong. He he can just go out there and uh yeah we could talk about that that was a hilarious game of football that was a hilarious game of football but yes was i was i was happy football. to take a take a take a break from the packers this week because it's been brutal to watch that offense and i didn't have to i didn't have to isn't it nice when your team's just not fun seasons are long 17 games is a long time to watch a really rough football team week in and week out and uh, for Theo and myself, I think we've uh, had enough of our football teams this year. Ready to pack it in. Um, but unfortunately for my team, they get to win the NFC South because nobody wants to win the NFC South. So they might host a playoff game, which would be the most hilarious uh, result for this Falcon season to with everything going on to still host a playoff game, which is very much uh, still in the cards um, with a losing record. Um, your team, though, Evan, played football on Sunday. Brock Purdy uh, kicked the shit out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and... Look, I mean, uh, the Stay Hot guys were talking about uh, Baker and if they would go Brock Purdy or they would uh, who what they could really do uh, the quarterback market following the season ending injury to Jimmy G uh, a week ago. As someone who just broke his foot in a very similar way to Jimmy G in September, when they were saying it was not a season ending injury, I did the timeline matchup. I'm like, ah, I'm going to well, go BS. There's no well, way. Uh, they, there's, they're, they're, Let's just for, yeah. first and foremost, they did say right away. They're like, um, Jimmy could maybe come back, you like, know. No. And then, like, I think the next day, right? Uh, yeah, they're you know, why can't I think? Not Adam Sheffield, the other one for NFL Network, Ian Rappaport. Ian Rappaport. Your boy is beat up from this. <laughs> I might still be drunk. Um, yeah, Ian Rappaport was like, no, this is a three 
plus month thing like yes. period like this is not going to happen but like you guys mm. brock purdy was literally perfect yeah <laughs> like that's is this is so weird for me because it's like you got the the roller the never-ending roller coaster but you go from oh jimmy you know trey breaks his foot seasons mm. or ankle season's over and then jimmy brings you right back and you're like oh my god we're going to the super bowl and then he breaks his foot and you're like, oh God, the season's over. And then Brock Purdy comes in and is like literally out of seven quarters. Perfect. He is hitting, throwing passes that Jimmy can't hit. He's scrambling. He's hitting tight windows. Like he looks like a little Brett Favre out there. It's insane. <laughs> this is why 49ers Twitter drives me crazy. Cause this is mm. true. And I still see like Shanahan slander from like half of the 49ers fans. <laughs> and it's like, bro, you're on your third quarterback and they all look fine. <laughs> well, I mean, like I had, we could talk about this too, but I have, and I will always have issue with Kyle using Debo as, you know, as a running back like this, we don't need it anymore. Anything that he wants Debo to do, Christian McCaffrey can probably do better. Like, Debo's a fantastic receiver and should be used as such. You know, Kittle has got four targets. Like, like I understand. There were so many people that were like, "Uh, you know, you, you play your best players. You play your best players." And I have of completely of the mind that if you take the Debo running element completely out of the game period, they still score thirty five points hmm. because having Christian McCaffrey. And if you look at the numbers since he's joined the EPA on literally every single metric since he has gone from like the team was in the middle of the road to like the top three, top five. Now, like Christian McCaffrey is the only thing we should be in a normal world talking about it as the 49ers, but because Brock Purdy is Mr. Relevant, um, you know, last pick of the draft, it's a great story. It's getting so much attention and it, it, it deserves to be so right. Purdy versus Tom Brady, and he won. But it's it's got to be spoken of. Christian McCaffrey, what he has done for this 49ers offense, it 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 might be what wins them a Super Bowl. I'm not there, yes. and I mean Theo, I don't know if you're the same way, but I mean Evan, I don't. This is the one thing I don't want to burst your bubble. Just no rookie quarterbacks ever gone to the Super Bowl. It's never happened, and I think Purdy's more of a firecracker than Jimmy G, where it's like. I feel like the crazy five pick game is coming where her five turnover game where he fumbles and does some crazy, crazy did, did stuff. You see He's what I said? Did you see what I said yesterday? What? I literally said, I was like, we're getting too close to the end of the season. I really hope he has some kind of like, yeah, he needs to get out of the system now. (laughs) Like he's got, well, he's got to have some kind of adversity Mm -hmm. before we get into the playoffs. I'm glad that he's playing the Seahawks because it is inevitable that there will be adversity against the Seahawks because that's just the way it happens. You know, that's what it is as a 49ers player. Um, So I am glad, but yeah, like they're about to go into the playoffs. They might actually get the number two seed. Yeah. And like, that's, you don't want to figure your mistakes out. Cause like all intents and purposes, Brock Purdy. And I wish my voice wasn't throttled so I could say this with passion, but like he has been perfect. If you like, if you're in the trenches like I am as a 49ers fan, you'll hear <laughs> for the last two years, like people constantly talk about Jimmy Garoppolo in a sense of Kyle Shanahan cannot use the full extent of his offense because Jimmy can't make certain throws, even though he's made all of those throws this year. And 
Jimmy specifically is so limited that he's constantly making the wrong read, which professionals have looked at and said that's completely not the case. Uh, but either way, Brock Purdy comes in and he's scrambling, which Jimmy struggles with. He was throwing the ball away when he needed to, which Jimmy never did. And he's hitting these like deep shots. I think he was like two for two in the top. Like, you know, if you look at the the grid of throwing, um, you know, he's just killing it on these deep balls that Jimmy has struggled with primarily. So it's like 49ers fans that don't like Jimmy that have complained for years about Jimmy. It's like God gave them this quarterback <laughs> that is Brock Purdy because all he's done so far is do the things that people have complained about Jimmy the whole time. Now, how long will that last? And mm. I hope it lasts and I hope we don't see it. But like, I've been saying that all day too. I've literally been like, man, like I really, people are getting so ahead of themselves with these storylines. Have you guys seen some of them today? They're insane. Well, also, who didn't have the NFC running through Jalen Hurts, Kirk Cousins, and Brock Purdy before the year? Like, who who amongst us did not have those three being the, the three most important quarterbacks heading into the postseason, right, and Theo? By, by the way, do you oh, yeah. guys, before, real quick, Theo, because you are the Falcons fan, do you guys think that Kyle is is the most comfortable he's ever been since Washington? Because finally, he, he drafted the mobile quarterback in RG3, and then he gets injured and using his rushing ability, and then he has to go away, and then he finally gets to use Kirk Cousins, who was the quarterback he wanted all along. And then here we go, and he drafts Trey Lance, and he uses him like a, a, like a truck battering ram and he gets injured and then finally he gets to use brock purdy who he drafted late and that's probably who he wanted all <laughs> yeah well it's also like me final thing on the niners then you can go theo is just there were some folks who were like oh when jerry rice speaks and says that debo should not run up the middle anymore that that's all you need to know it's like no we don't need to follow the idea that like if a legendary X player says a team should do something we take that as gospel like I, I get in that particular instance but I, I always think that's weird when someone uh, jumps at like oh look at uh, X player from 2011 or this superstar from years ago if Eli thinks that blank or Michael Strahan thinks I, that this well, is on, this and you're like I, All right. I, I, I did say that so let, yeah. just real quick it's Jerry Rice. It's not X player. It's, right. it's Jerry Rice. Like, and by the way, and I, I say this as a guy that has willingly admitted that Jerry has been going to the NFL 49ers games like all season and just getting hammered every yeah. game. Um, <laughs> so I get that. But like, this is the issue that I have with the Debo ish yeah. argument. Every fan that's arguing against me is using hypotheticals and, and all these things that are intangibles that didn't yeah. happen. That might, oh, well, maybe this or well. <laughs> I'm arguing something that physically happened. I mm -hmm. said, you should, you got to stop using Debo like that. He's going to get hurt. You know, we've got all these other tools. Jordan Mason is undrafted, for, you know, free agent that's rushing 5.5 yards per carry. And we have barely even used him, right? Like Debo's this incredible receiver. He was going leg for leg in receiving yards with Cooper cup while they were about to break the record before he was forced to be used as a running back. All of these things, and everyone's and like it it happened. Debo got injured. And so everyone is like, well, you gotta use your best players. How you, you know it's an absurd thing to say. It, well, you can say it's absurd, but I said he was gonna get injured and he got injured. So like as much as you can disagree with me, it's just like I was I, right. Yeah. Like that's, why are you booing me? I'm right. It's a handle no, burst. But, but literally, like just... people can disagree all day long, but 
you know, the people that agree with me, we were worried that Debo would get injured, and he did. And you're like, oh, well, it's just football. Like, well, how many other receivers this year got injured running the ball? Maybe Corderell? Yeah, I was going to say, well, he's a running back now. Cordero is right. a full-on running back. He that's is, the one, but yeah. like, that's what you have to do. And so, like, I get the argument, football is football, player stars, all that. But, like, it's not like Kyle's, like, looking at a bag of trash and then Debo. And it's like, well, sorry, Debo's all I got. He's got mm. the most star-studded receiving and, you know, running back weapons in the NFL. Like, he'll be okay. What do you think, Thea? I think that... When the McCaffrey trade happened, I think part of the appeal to that trade and the 49ers offense in general was like, well, who knows what? Like, who knows what's about to happen to you? If Debo's in the in the huddle and Christian McCaffrey, do you treat that like 11 personnel? Do you treat that like 21 personnel? Do you treat hmm. that like if 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 Juszczyk is there? Like, because everybody's roles are so blurred, like you don't know if you can match things in nickel or base or dime or whatever it is. And it's all this confusion. And that to me was the appeal of the Christian McCaffrey trade and the appeal of the 49ers offense. And if that's the case, if that's going to be the appeal and you want this really androgynous offense where everything is everything and nothing is nothing and everything is confusing all the time, you do have to run Debo a little bit to keep that kind of well, this could be 21 personnel. They could come out in a heavy set here or something like that. They could have two backs in the backfield. How do we want to match that? I think that's part of what makes the San Francisco offense great. But and, alternatively, uh, real quick, though, to the, to your point, doesn't Christian McCaffrey garner that type of attention regardless? Because he can do both. Like, yes, I understand Debo. You're like, okay, he's a receiver. But, like, no one is, like, seeing Christian McCaffrey line up in that same position and going, well, he's going to run the ball. Like he could hmm. be throwing it to Christian. Is he he's that dynamic? It serves the same right. purpose. Right. I think it's just and and I guess the argument is well, you don't need um, so much of that like confusion because Christian McCaffrey by himself creates a little bit, but they just turn it up to a million and they yeah. have Debo doing whatever. I mean, Debo averaged six yards per attempt last year too when he was running the football. Like he's he's good. He's really good at it. Is the other thing. He was a lot better so, last year at it than he was this year. That's true. That is true. He has the Kyle Pitts thing where he but... he flexed too much. Where it's like, oh, I can do this, and you're like, well, if you can do this, like Kyle Pitts can block. It's like, all right, well, if Kyle Pitts can block, then we might as well use him as a blocker. Well, that, a lot. And that's like, my no, issue no, 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 too. No. That's my issue. You got Jordan yeah. Mason rushing for five yards of carry. We're giving it to Debo, who's averaging like you know. Although, but he, but he also he scored well, a touchdown on a sweep. Five point six. I don't know. It's it's weird. I just tend to not question the things. My my philosophy is like Kyle I'm gonna let you cook I get and like with the Trey Lance he got hurt as well that's another thing that um that's another thing that Jerry Rice talked about he's like well Trey Lance is hurt now and it's like well if you draft Trey Lance if you watch him at North Dakota State you should run him you should run him up the middle just the way Cam did just the way Fields does like that is a huge part of his game and you should and if he gets hurt he gets hurt it's unfortunate but it's what you should do when you have a quarterback with that standpoint and then he also threw Jimmy like Jerry also threw Jimmy Garoppolo in there. It's like, well, Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't on a QB power up the middle. That was a fluke thing. So well, I don't know. He was I, all, I, yeah, he was also wrong and he might have been a little drunk. So, like, once again, I, have, I understand, but he, he may have right. seen Jimmy go down. He may have seen Debo go down down off a couple it, shots of it fire. Was literally Christian, <laughs> like, bro. It was literally Christian in the in the backfield. He's like, oh, there's two white guys. Who knows? Um, you know, and hey, I love Jeremy. Jerry. Jerry Rice is an absolute legend. Um 
but I always say that. I mean, it's not like he's hiding it. Every time the the, the camera pans to Jerry after like a <laughs> touchdown, he's got like holding the drink in his hand. He's like, hell yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I do believe it, it's a risky one. It's risky play. And last year they were, I think, top five in adjusted games lost in terms of injury. The 49ers were. And this year they're very injury prone again. So mm. at some point it's not worth it. All this uh, misdirection and all this mystery to, you know, who's lining up where at some point it's not worth it. If guys keep getting hurt, well, I get it. I get why you want to do it. It has resulted in, like you said, like multiple quarterbacks coming in and looking good. It's the offense. It doesn't matter who's out there. It still seems to run smoothly, but it would run more smoothly if everybody was healthy. So I can definitely see both sides of the argument here, but overall I'm, I'm very much pro Shanahan and uh, I, I, I see the vision yeah. on, on just having this crazy offense. I respect them for trying just this like crazy <laughs> offense where everyone is everything and anyone mm-hmm. can do anything. So I don't know. I, I didn't necessarily have a problem with it, but I definitely understand like when the team is always hurt, like, well, let's just, not have them run between and, the tackles and that's the so that I, is I the that thing well. i mean that's that's the issue with the 49ers if from the fans perspective like the two biggest mysteries every week is like what play is kyle shanahan gonna run and who's gonna get injured right like the <laughs> the injury report, report today like they're both equally as mysterious like anything can happen like this week <laughs> it was a defensive tackle last week it was a linebacker like it, you never know and like it, if you saw the injury report again today i mean you know, Dante Johnson, poor guy, who's like this guy that we just keep signing and cutting <laughs> over and over again towards ACL. And that's terrible, right? And Kevin Givens got an MCL sprain, right? Who's playing really strong. And we've needed him because obviously Javon Kinlaw has been out. And guess what? He's going out now. Javon Kinlaw might come after the Seattle game. And so it's just like when you have that many injuries constantly and, you know, the one thing I'll say is like Kyle Shanahan is not going to struggle to score points. Like if you take away Debo as a runner, he has plenty of other options. And he, you know, he scored before Debo and he scored at he'll score after Debo. Right. Um, I agree with I, that. Sure. I, I want I want to preface this because it's an absurd statement, but like Debo Samuel to me is one of the greatest 49ers from an athletic standpoint I've ever seen. He is one of the best football players, period, in the NFL right now. That said, I don't think the Niners are going to skip a beat against the Seahawks offensively. I think they'll score a lot. Is he out for sure this week? Yeah. He's, okay. They said, so yeah. the big news today was that uh, the announcement was he will return during the regular season, which is their mm. way of saying, like, it's not as bad as we thought. I love the yeah. idea, like, I think um, we'll pivot off the Niners here. It's just uh, the team docker for San Francisco. Like, I imagine it's just like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory for him. No, he walks dude, into work every Affleck day. like smoking a cigarette outside. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> come on. The Popeye's worker on the bench. Just fighting for their life. <laughs> no, Kyle, no. please. And you're, they're just knocking on the door like, Kyle. No more misdirection, Kyle. No more deep up the middle, Kyle. Please, we're we're so tired. I we're so tired. By the way, I, I don't want to talk all 49ers. There's plenty more to talk about, but I do want to talk about the Brady aspect before we finish. Mm. Did you guys see the Tom Brady clip of him saying hi to everyone at the end of the game? I did. I saw He's that. Very, very popular. Uh, you know, he, he 
Dre Greenlaw, who obviously had that fantastic tip uh, interception, wanted to get the ball signed. Fred Warner wanted to get a ball signed. They were he was very gracious about signing it. Uh, players, plenty of players on the video came over and were like, you know, you're the goat. Like, I can I get a photo, please? And I can't, I can't say it enough. Tom Brady, I think, in any other world where he just lost thirty-five to seven against any other team, <laughs> I think he would probably be like. I, oh, I can't swear on this podcast, but get out of my face. Go, He'd be on the way to the locker room, Bill Belichick style. And I watched this video, and all I could think is, that's a man that is trying to make sure he's got good relationships with the players he might play with next year. I could definitely see it. I can definitely see it. I I think that he, I mean, he's in too deep to retire now, I feel yeah. like. like <laughs> Todd Bowles has forced his hand to come back for another year where he's like, this is bullshit. I'm not going out this way. Like, right. I'm not And he's a free this. agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a free agent, too. I could definitely oh. potentially I'm pulling for the Jets I mean, for him, though. I want him to wind up I feel the same way. I, I feel that the Jets make a little bit more sense because their quarterback situation is just so much more up in the air than the 49ers where I think so the 49ers the pass have catchers a... are there. Like no, 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 the line no, should be no, healthier no. next year. I Brady. just, and then we get Pat's Brady twice. Like that's, the I, thing. that's, that's the appeal. That's mm-hmm. the only appeal for the jets thing. But that but might be why is... he doesn't do it for the, for the, he wouldn't want to sign with a division rival of the Patriots. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. No, the he, reality is this better. I'm if sure we there's wanna... still some part, like he's cool with craft. I know, but like, I'm going to go ahead and guess there's still some, unsettled and he would get uh he would get quite excited about beating belichick twice and if we're uh, going to go off of what tom brady wants you'll have to look at the video of him walking through the halls (laughs) taking photos Evan's already getting it ready you already got the jersey you're ready for no no i'm uh, just telling you this is something that did happen he's literally walking through the halls of the stadium like a child taking photos of mm-hmm. all the 49ers stuff on the wall, he ran over to Bryant Young at the beginning of the game to yeah. say hi because he was obviously a huge 49ers fan growing up, right? Like Trey Lance, as He's much as I around. love, like where's Garrison Hurst? Is Garrison Hurst somewhere? Where where's Garrison? <laughs> can, can I say hi to Jerry? He's he's little under the weather right now in the in the stands. Sorry, <laughs> uh, you can talk to him after. He's like Joe. No. <laughs> 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 Um, no, but, but I, I will say that, you know, Trey Lance, as much as I love Trey Lance, he, he only played one year of college. He sat out a year. He came in, he sat under, you know, behind Jimmy and then he hurt his ankle and he's gone. You have, if the 49ers win the Super Bowl, and even if they don't, you can't just hand the keys to Trey Lance at this point. I'm sorry. You can't. Well, here's the best part about that job is you need three quarterbacks. We've learned that they're all going to yeah. play. So if you're a quarterback, it's just like Tom Brady, just, Brock Purdy, and Trey Lance. Let's go. They're all going to play. They're all going to get hurt, and they're all going to play. Like you need three quarterbacks to survive a full season in San Francisco. I can't wait for QB powers with Brock Purdy. <laughs> the Buccaneers and the and the Forty ers should have just switched quarterbacks at halftime. It's like Lance, you get to be on the Bucks. Mm. They're like negative fifty million dollars below the cap with still a good. Uh, offense around them. They've got a lot of talent. They needed some dude on a rookie contract next year because they can't sign anybody because yeah. their their cap situation is so bad, and they can't throw Kyle Trask out there because I think Kyle Trask is is terrible. So yeah, yeah, I mean I think that's that what I terrible. said. That's literally what I said. So they need a quarterback on a rookie contract next year, in my opinion, and it would be a great place to develop. My thought is like 
the the 49ers when i said this on stay hot but they have a real life start bench cut on their hands with <laughs> purdy it's like one of those like pff would tweet this graphics like start mm. bench trade garoppolo lance yeah. purdy and to me the answer is just well you let garoppolo you trade garoppolo to the jets he, well, right? he's gone no he's a free agent right or yeah cut okay J- cut garoppolo jimmy's, and, and by the let, way jimmy's gone he's not coming back i'll bet my life on it so he's already played okay. his last snap as a niner i guarantee that i'll bet my life mm. on it Okay. Well, yeah. then you cut. That makes it even easier. <laughs> cut him, and then you 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 let Purdy and Lance have a camp battle, I guess. And mm-hmm. then that's you start. You probably start Lance bench Purdy just in case and cut Garoppolo. I, I feel like that's what they're going to do. It makes that's a, lot a of nightmare sense scenario. But for, it, for it, the it, fan base, it, right? Like if you have uh, them going to war and having an open competition, Mister Irrelevant versus the guy you traded all these picks for. Oh my God. Especially if Purdy does really well down the stretch here, I, I if, if Brock Purdy wins a Super Bowl, yeah, there is no way they can hand the keys to the castle. To yeah, you have to trade Lance. Lance at that point. Yeah, he's gone. It's the Carson yeah. Wentz thing, kind of, where right. Nick Foles wins Super okay. Bowl. And it's like he's getting a statue. He's got the book. Like it's over. Carson Wentz. It's just it's over. And by the way, there would never be a better Super Bowl storyline in the history of football. Mister Irrelevant yeah. wins a Super Bowl, like. Well, I don't know. Justin Ritter coming in after the bye to guide the Falcons <laughs> without Kyle Pitts to the Super Bowl. That's one of the, to find, one of the all-time yeah, to finally get uh, Kyle Pitts the ball. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know how he's going to do that with Kyle Pitts out for the season. Uh, maybe <laughs> next year in 2023. Uh, but here's the positive spin on this, folks. Desmond Ritter starting this week for the Falcons, and he was Theo's QB1 and what many are saying is the most underrated quarterback draft of recent years is just Desmond Ritter was the standout um, still all kinds of optimism uh, uh, for Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis and uh, Bailey Zappi, like just an all time great quarterback class, but it's headlined by the stud of all studs, Mr. Desmond Ritter. Um, Theo, what am I in for uh, the rest of the way with Ritter and why were you high on him coming into the draft? Ritter is group of five Trevor Lawrence to me. Like I love that. He never lost like college in college, Lawrence never lost, right? He just came in, win, 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 mm. win, won a won a title, won all these all game. Like he never lost at home or something like that. And then you get Ritter in the group of five. Like if if the power five didn't exist and it was just group of five, mm. Ritter would be viewed like Trevor Lawrence. It's like, holy shit, this there we got this. Oh, I can't swear on the uh, but <laughs> we've got this like He's kind of built similarly. He's kind of lanky. He's tall. Mm. He's a little bit skinny, but he's kind of got underrated athleticism. Like the Jaguars he's got a face Lawrence. that looks 45. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lawrence is, I think, an underrated athlete. He's someone who can, uh, they run QB power with him. They mm. run all these different types of zone reads with Trevor Lawrence. Like maybe he's not Michael Vick or anything like that, but he's got some underrated wheels. And I think Ritter does too. I think he has the fastest 40 time in the history of the combine for quarterbacks mm. or or this the fastest 40 time of any current quarterback starter which is a little bit mickey mouse because lamar never ran kyler never ran justin fields never ran but he's he's plenty fast and he's got a similar build and he had kind of a similar college profile with all the wins and i think he does some similar things from like of all the quarterbacks in this class i thought his pocket movement was the best and his footwork like navigating pressure was the best Mm. and i think that he had a good arm maybe not a, a amazing arm i i think lawrence's arm is probably a little bit better but it's a good arm and can fit the ball in some tight windows but the problem is andy his processing is pretty good like he is someone who 
ran a real offense in mm. Cincinnati. It wasn't like Matt Corral running RPOs every single play where it's like, you know, first read or hand it off. It was mm. actually like reading one to two to three, throwing with some anticipation. I liked all that. And the weaknesses of this is the same as Lawrence, where sometimes his accuracy just is not there. And sometimes the precision is not there. And I think that was the one thing I think Lawrence is starting to put it all together. I mean, if you watch the Titans game, he was kind of playing out of his mind versus Tennessee yeah. and has a couple times over the last couple of weeks. Evan Ingram look like Rob Gronkowski out there. I mean, yeah, Evan Ingram, <laughs> I had him, I started him in my fantasy. Like, oh, so you won this game. week. <laughs> I won this week. But uh, yeah, shout out him for doing that. But uh I think a lot of the weaknesses are the same. The question with Ritter is there's ugly misses all over the film. And there really mm. was with Lawrence too, his rookie year. Like I love the pocket presence. I thought he was making the right decisions. I love the arm talent, but it's like, man, so like some of these throws are just not quite where they need to be. And I think that's kind of what you can expect with Ritter where I think it's going to be like, Oh, everything is kind of there, but Oh, the throw is maybe a little bit behind the catches, maybe a little bit tougher than it needs to be. He needs to hone in that precision. He needs to throw with a little bit more touch i think and have the ball go up and then drop down in the intermediate areas of the field instead of maybe just like throwing bullets all over the place this is something that a, a couple different quarterbacks in the league struggle with a little bit and when they miss they miss bad because if you're trying to throw a ball into a bucket a ways mm -hmm. away you're not going to throw it as hard as you can on a line <laughs> right you're going to try to yeah. like loft it in there because when you throw it as hard as you can on a line uh the misses like there's just less room for error yeah and lawrence and and uh Herbert does this sometimes and Ritter, all quarterbacks I like, uh, but sometimes they just like, they have misses that look really bad because they're just trying to throw it as hard as they can. Cause they've got this good arm. And uh, yeah, I think, I think that's what you can expect. And Lawrence played absolutely terrible as rookie. I mean, he didn't play absolute terrible, but the numbers were terrible because the situation mm -hmm. was horrible. Um, so, but it, I think if, if other people can hold up their end of the bargain, I kind of have high expectations for Ritter. I kind of hmm. have high expect, like high-ish. He's a third round pick. I don't think he's going to like maybe set the world on fire, but I, I think like that back. he's going to look all right. If he looks terrible, I would be surprised. Like Malik Willis, when he looked terrible, I wasn't that <sighs> surprised because his sack rate was like 15% at Liberty and mm. wasn't someone who accessed the middle of the field a lot. Like huge projects, like understandably big project, maybe someday, but like that, that to me, or Matt Corral, who just runs nothing but RPOs all the time to get thrown into like a real offense. Like I, there's an understandable kind of learning curve, a steep learning curve that if you get thrown into action right away, you might look bad. I think Ritter has a chance to look all right, right away. I'm not saying it's going to happen in the preseason. There were some questionable decisions. He forced some things. The accuracy wasn't always pinpoint, but he also had some promising things. He had a game winner. So he had a game winner. <laughs> yes, he did. He did have that game winner. So I'll be interested to see what the Falcons offense looks like. Marcus Mariota can't run anything but play action. Like that was the case last time Arthur Smith coached him in, in Tennessee was like his play action numbers were way up here. His straight drop back numbers were like at the bottom of the league. So then yeah. he was just like, well, let's just build the whole boat out of play action. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think with Ritter, you're not, he's a rookie. So it's kind of tough to judge, but there's a chance that you may not have to do that with him. I think he, mm. there's a real chance that he's a little bit better at the straight drop back stuff. So maybe it's also a lot. Maybe bigger. we'll see a little bit more. What? He's also just a lot bigger. Like the size yeah. difference between Ritter and Mariota is vast when you watch and them I think the side by side. Movement yeah. Is too. Yeah. I think mm. he's just a little bit more adept at being someone who can operate from the pocket. And yes. I think that means big things for 
like I would hope next year, if he looks good, that means big things for Kyle Pitts, who obviously yeah. had a thousand yards last year with Matt Ryan. And then this year, uh, completely sold my fantasy team <laughs> in several leagues because <laughs> he's blocking on play action. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm hoping it, it really unlocks the offense. I'm hoping he looks all right. And, and all these skill position players on, on the Falcons start to, cause I like the, I like Arthur Smith a lot. I think that he's working with what he's got, but yeah. I would really love it if Drake London could do more cool shit. Yeah. <laughs> and sorry, well, it's I hard when Mariota's but, uh, throwing but it's hard when Mariota's the quarterback. And, uh, so I'm hoping yeah. there's just more cool plays from their skill position players and a little bit more normal, a little bit more normalcy in the in the passive games. It's also just Arthur's not gonna for. ask you to do all that much. Like you watch you watch every week. It's eleven fifteen balls is all we're looking at from Ritter here. He's not gonna just hand over the keys right. to Ritter. Like Ritter is not gonna be asked to do a lot. It's just more of like when we take the deep shots, can you be relatively close to Drake London? Can you be relatively close uh to whoever we target down the field? Like just be in the ballpark. Can you not fumble the ball when we need uh to just not fumble it? Can you can you do that a little bit better? Can you challenge down the field? Our defense is a little bit concerned about the stuff over the top. That's nice. Um, I don't know. I'm excited to see what happens um, with Ritter this weekend. I think he'll be better than Mariota. I think I really do think he'll be better than Mariota. I think like (laughs) he's fast enough to do all the zone read stuff and add that little wrinkle in the rushing attack, which I'm sure Arthur Smith loves because he loves to just do throw the kitchen sink. At, at the rushing game and and do literally everything wind backs zone read gap st- stuff zones it's everything mm. uh so you can still do all that with ritter and i think because of his size and his poise 207 pounds right it, it it yeah you can do a little bit more within the pocket as well so who knows maybe the decision making is horrible maybe the the pocket presence doesn't translate i don't know but the thing i like about ritter is I'm not at all concerned about his maturity. I'm not concerned about his poise because the guy just, he looks like a World War II veteran and he just like seems like, he doesn't seem like a rookie. He seems like he's been in the league 15 years and like made two Pro Bowls at one point and is just like, it seems like just from a person, like you listen to him talk and you look how he looks and I, I think that he's kind of an unflappable guy. He seems like a very... Well, Smith said that where he's ahead of the curve. Like he's one of those guys who's a lot older. He's an old soul. He is an old soul. So I I like to think that he's not going to just be completely panicked because I think he's kind of got this kind of inherent calmness to him that I don't see from some of the other rookies in this. Like I wouldn't expect this. Like Matt Corral, Matt Corral seems like just this Gen Z Zoomer, like young guy. And I could definitely see when he's playing with guys who are trying to feed their families, right. Mm-hmm. It can get a little bit out of hand. Ritter has a family, man. Ritter has a daughter. So he's playing for his family too. You got to really, I, don't even, I didn't even know yeah, that. He has a daughter. Yeah. yeah okay. He's a, he's a dad. He's got a, he's been married. He's just like, he's just like this old, he's a rookie, but he's like this old guy. Well, I so feel like he's the all time wins leader in college football. I think he's in the top three um, with the amount of wins he's, he actually has. He, I'm, He's in there. He's won a bunch of football games. Um, and like you said, the Lawrence comp I like too, because it's just like he won right away. They played him young and he just always won for for four years. Like the dude never wavered. Um, and then got to the playoff in the final, final year and was coached well in a pro style scheme with Luke Fickle. So um very excited. I think it's gonna be fun and I want to see what happens. Uh Evan, who can win the NFC? Who in your estimation? We just watched the Vikings go down to the Lions this weekend. 
I think you're going to sell some Viking stock. You have the Niners, obviously. Is it the Eagles and Niners? Is that it? Is that the only two who can run the gauntlet? Do you have the Cowboys? Who can actually win the NFC based at this point in the year? Oh, Evan's on mute. You're on mute, man. You went away. <laughs> no, still no. Well, ne what happened? Where did Evan go? No, any no we can't hear you. uh 49 yeah just do the uh, draw it out for us on youtube.com slash chase yeah just draw it out for us evan he can hear us i know he's acknowledged <laughs> his mic went away aha uh -huh. there he is oh, there it is <laughs> sorry um yeah it's anyways <clears throat> so it's gonna be the niners the niners are gonna win the end <laughs> but it, like they're averaging in the last five games 27 points a game, and their defense is averaging only having 10 points a game scored. Mm. Not, it's not like some – this is not a hot take. Go to Vegas and bet. There's no mm. better team to bet on. Like it, it will be the 49ers. Unless there's an injury that changes the dynamic of the team, that defense is unstoppable. Now, on the other side of the spectrum, um, I, you know, I, the Vikings are frauds. You know, I said they'd be their the... point differential is minus three. Is it really? I, they have a they have a negative point differential. They're ten and three. I literally said that they would uh, win their division um, and then lose in the playoffs. And I, guess what's coming? Um, that was my prediction too. It, but it was to the Packers. I thought they'd win the division and then the Packers would beat them in the first round. Was my was my preseason yeah, prediction. But... I don't know if that's. Uh, if that's coming though, no, nah, no, nah, it's not. First but thing, the, like the first part of that prediction might be coming, but the second the, part. The Cowboys lost almost lost to the Texans. You know what I mean? Like the Cowboys had like as many points scored on them by the worst team in the NFL that the Niners have had scored on them in three weeks. Like, you're not going to like the seven. I think the Cowboys can win the NFC. I think they're I just, one of three. I don't teams care about your opinion because you're constantly <laughs> wrong when you reach for these teams. Where you're like, oh, maybe. No, like every time. The Cowboys, they I think there's real money. If you want to throw some money at the Cowboys winning the NFC, I think it's a good idea to do that right My now. My Venmo <laughs> is Evan Dash Swords. Uh, just when you lose, send it to me. Uh, I'll bet Chase. whatever you want. At the beginning of the season, we talked about predictions and you mm -hmm. said, I can't buy into the Chargers because yes. they're the Chargers. I don't care what the talent looks like. Mm. I feel that way about Mike McCarthy. Oh, yeah. I feel that way about Mike McCarthy. He's been in a Super Bowl. Yes, he he's won a Super Bowl. Yeah. He has won a Super Bowl. And then since then, I saw him lose <laughs> a million heartbreaking playoff mm. games. In yeah, the don't, most brutal, don't talk. Like, hey, don't talk to a Packers fan about the Super Bowl that they won. That's like offensive. Who's number one in defensive DVOA at this point now? Ahead of the Niners. It is the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys. Tony Pollard's a great player. And if, and if they played tomorrow, as a whole. If they played tomorrow, who's going to have the better defense? Who, If you're betting. Who do I trust in the playoff tomorrow. game, though? Brock Purdy or Dak Prescott? I'm going Dak. Dak is... Do you think you're beating them back-to-back -back years in the playoffs? Do you think? Without, oh, without a doubt. If the Niners played the, the Cowboys tomorrow, they'd win by at least two touchdowns. I think the Cowboys are my favorite in the NFC right now. Because I just think the Eagles are too easy. The Eagles have not been tested. How can at this you point. possibly prove to me from data, scheme, best defense talent, in the NFL right now? And they're, they're getting better, better on offense. Niners. Tony Pollard's starting to pop. The they Niners. might sign OBJ at the end of the season here. I they think everyone's coming up Dallas. T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're only saying this to piss me off. 
It's I'm an absurd. Not. It's an absurd comment. Tyron Smith is coming back. They I know, almost like lost the to the Texans. I'll lose my voice again if I have to. They're the White Walkers of the NFL. Oh They're just God. on the yes, periphery. They They're ready they will, to go. They will immediately die the second they get on screen. Well, hold on. We don't know how it goes in the books. We only know how it went for the Night King on HBO. We don't know how it's going to go in the books. A Song of an Ice and Fire could be about the ice winning out. And that could say, be the Cowboys. All I'll say is this, because I should have told this story earlier. Uh, but this is why I, I, this only helps why I'm so confident. I was snowboarding in Denver, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for uh, how this ties into the Cowboys. Oh, you're never going to <laughs> guess. Uh, you're never going to guess this. Uh, but I had like literally the most subtle zip, long sleeve zip up on yeah. like, with like overalls. So all you could see was just this little 49ers logo here. Mm-hmm. That's it. And I'm like waiting in line at the bathroom. And this giant man <laughs> lo- looks down at me. He's like, oh, you're a Niners fan? You, you know, what do you think about Brock Purdy? I was like, I was like, hey, man, I, I you know, he played well last week. I hope he plays well again. He's like, oh, I used to coach him. And I'm like wait, what's your name? You know, like, I'm like, you know, Matt I'm Campbell, how's it going? <laughs> Sage Rosenfeld. Oh, oh wow. who also was a quarterback under Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. And so, you know, me immediately. I was like, okay, first off, great to meet you. I've heard, mm-hmm. of, you know, you know, I've heard a lot of great things about what you've done lately in training and coaching. Kyle Shanahan's an asshole, isn't he? And he goes, oh yeah. <laughs> And then I, I asked him too. I was like, I was like, my theory is that Kyle and Jimmy really butt heads, and that Kyle specifically doesn't let Jimmy do a lot of things for that, amongst some other reasons. He didn't touch that with a 10 foot pole. He kept, he just changed the subject. Uh, no, but the one thing that we did talk a lot about was he, you know, was talking about Brock Purdy and how he coached, coached him. And he's like, he goes, He's the real deal. And I don't mean that in like a, oh, he'll, you know, he can be a player in the NFL. He goes, he might be the next Kurt Warner. He really is that special. Wow. He's like, he goes, I've been waiting for him to play. So I have, you know, I have a hard time betting on a quarterback that is the third, you know, the last person drafting the NFL, third, you know, round, you know, third quarterback at the QB room before all the injuries. Um, Network quarterbacks ever been in the Super Bowl. Right, I don't. I don't care about that though, because what was the what are the odds of the a, a team with a rookie quarterback having this defense? I mean, Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger is pretty close. Yeah, and they won two Super Bowl rings. Yeah, and like it, the it next year, yeah, then it wasn't next year one. Like, he was a first round pick. <laughs> anyways, anyways, after watching Brock and how he has played mm-hmm. the last two weeks, looking at Sage and I feel like I, I know people fairly well and the confidence in which he looked at me and was like, no, he's like, he's, he's it, like, he's going to be more than just, Oh, he'll play well under Kyle. Like, I think he can be special, like better, you know, like, like the way he said it, I was like, all right, man, we'll <laughs> see. And then he went out and he's put up 35 points against Tom Brady. So I'm taking the I'm taking the Niners. I think you were about to say, and Sage went out and just shredded the the Alps. Like he was just right. out just there. Three hundred and sixty yeah. methods. No. <laughs> um, no, but like I, I I'll take this Niners team over anybody in the NFC. Where do you stand? I, I, You're the tiebreaker here, Theo. I like Dallas a lot, actually. If it wasn't for McCarthy, I would maybe pick them. I think they've got. I mean. They probably have the number one scoring offense since Dak has been back. I don't have yeah. that number off the top of my head, but I'm sure it's pretty close to to number one since Dak has been back. Mm. Uh, on top of a defense that can totally 
wreak havoc. I mean, Michael Parsons is fantastic. Tank Lawrence is fantastic. Like you said, they're number one in DVOA. Uh, I would say if I'm comparing them to the Niners defense, the only flaw I can see in the Niners defense, and it popped up multiple times in the Dolphins game, is sometimes they can struggle to kind of put a roof on everything. Mm. Hafanga. Hafanga is it a is occasionally a very good, extremely electric player, mm. but sometimes I don't know what the hell that guy is doing. Yeah, <laughs> and he'll be like flying, know it. He'll be flying downhill, and there'll be a, a wide receiver flying uphill, and so that that's really the only flaw I can and and building and in the exact middle of the defense, the two defensive tackles, like you can run on the 49ers right up the gut. They don't have. Yeah. But Eric have, Armstead's back now. Eric Armstead is back. now. If you've watched Eric true. Armstead, the last two, like the last, I mean, he is already, I mean, there was a play where Bosa was ru- uh, rushing from the inside left and, you know, Eric was going down the middle as he always does. And it was also the play where Drake Jackson batted a ball down. And I'm just like, you're just watching all of it in real time. It's like, it's poetry. It's art. Like it's you're right. Armstead is back now. And you could say the same thing for the Cowboys too, right. where their interior defensive line isn't like super amazing or anything in their corner outside of Trayvon Diggs and also get picked on. So I guess maybe I would take the 49ers defense slightly and I would take the the Dallas offense slightly with Dak. I really would like Purdy. I like Purdy too. Purdy, it's I I it doesn't surprise me that he is a good backup at this point like who knows what he will be but when i watched him at i think i have a tweet before the season where i'm like i don't know if purdy's any good but this guy's gonna be like relevant in some way in the nfl before the draft i think was how i worded it because he's just got too much talent to not be i don't know if you've ever seen the throw where he's like legitimately legitimately parallel to the ground and he throws it anyway he's yeah, yeah, legitimately yeah. like I don't think that got completed, but the fact that he even like had the guts <laughs> to attempt that and like the coordination to attempt that, like he's a talented dude and he is gutsy and he is kind of, I know when he threw that first touchdown versus Miami, it was like just a little like shovel pass out to the fullback or something. And then he's like, just totally scored. And he's like, totally just freaking out. Like I'm that epic guy. I'm <laughs> mm. so it's like, if you've got that kind of talent and that kind of mentality as a backup, you can, Come in occasionally and make how many times have we seen like Taylor Heineke is like blessed by God right. himself and he's just got like aggression mm. and like they're very similar will- and that he's he, willing like, to try he's willing to just like try shit and sometimes it works they're well, <laughs> sometimes like, it works I think they're both they both recognize that they're playing on house money right like he's like mm-hmm. I'm the third quarterback and two but two quarterbacks are both injured like I've got nothing to lose and so right. you know I. uh if we'll see if he has a like Nick it. Foles run. I, I don't know. I, I'm. I'll say the Eagles. I'll just say the, the Eagles. It's just too the way easy they've been for playing. the Eagles. Like it's just too seamless. It never goes this way. It's too seamless. The Eagles do worry me after watching them this yeah. game. This game yesterday, like they hurts is I mean, playing at a hurts very high so level good. right now. Hurts. Is I just want to see them down. Like they got level. kind of stomped by DC, like at home where the Washington controlled the ball and just ran it down their throats. Hurts made some mistakes. Like, I don't know. You saw the formula for DC playing keep away. Um, they were able to pick on their secondary McLaurin. He had a really good day in that one. Like, I don't know when DC can just go in there and just dominate you the way they did. I mean, it was Nick Sirianni was like living. I remember him going to the half, like losing it. Like there's, there's some questions 
uh, with Billy. I don't think it's a seamless like they just run through a Niners Vikings uh, uh, Cowboys something gauntlet. I think there's a real possibility they get tripped up. I think so too, but I'm going to be a coward and not break the tie. And I'm just going to say the Eagles. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> my my I Super like, Bowl like pick it. before the Jimmy G injury yeah. was Chiefs was Chiefs 49ers. I thought mm. that the the 49ers could do it, but now that they're a little bit more banged up, like I think Purdy, like I said, Purdy's talented. <clears throat> He's got that quirked up back backup energy that can I think win you some games, but Right now, I think the safest pick, and I don't trust McCarthy for Dallas, even though I, mm. I even like Dallas's roster maybe a little bit more than Philly's. I think they've got that tier one edge rusher. I think they're a little bit better against the like you said. Um, Philly has been run on this year. They there have been games where they just kind of get it shoved down their throat a little bit, and Washington is uh, is was an example of that. But with the coaching situation in Dallas and the quarterback situation in 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 San Francisco, I'll I'll be boring and I'll say old, old I mean, Philly, but it could I really. It. I think it's just if it's not one of those three teams, I would be shocked. I'd mm. be extremely shocked. So, and by the that. way, the one thing now that we're if we are done with the NFC, yeah, um, <clears throat> the Chargers. Oh, here we go. No, no, I just want you. I just want it to uh-huh. be known that the Chargers play the Titans, which mm. by the way. The cheapest seats in the house for that game is going to be $25. My buddies are like, do you want to go just to go? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I said, no, no, I don't. Uh, but they were going to play the the Titans, the Colts, the Rams, and the Broncos yeah. to end the season. So as much as we talk about the, the struggles We're going to drop had, two of those games, and you're going to hate it. <laughs> I hate Herbert won the last one. That's all I needed for this. Whatever happens, the rest. That was your Super Bowl. uh, Theo was Herbert over Tua. That was your Super Bowl. I'm sure your mentions are still in shambles from what happened in that game. Well, they're actually pretty normal. They would have been. They would still be in shambles if the Dolphins won. I'll tell you mm, that because because the because the it was it was kind of I don't want to say evil because the evil the the evil is not Tua is not evil and i like him and i like mcdaniels but mm. the Tuanon was was <laughs> evil <laughs> i just don't they understand. were evil they were evil to me so i, I feel like i'm taking crazy needs pills to catch when it on. comes to justin like the fact that we're still talking right now about like oh like what it was that uh, idiot acho said he was like oh he's a social media quarterback like i i've never seen a quarterback be so very clearly elite and have people have such a problem with it. And it's, you know, it's like, it's not like it's a Terrell Owens type situation where you're like, oh, that personality or, you know, like a McNabb situation. Like this guy goes out. He's the nicest kid in the room. He has nothing bad to say about anyone. He's literally the most innocent and happy, nice person ever. And they're like, get him. You know, like, <laughs> well, I think it's because people show stats uh, like he has these throws where you're just like, holy shit, like you just see the talent and then it just doesn't translate to win. So I think people get frustrated with Herbert. It's like a Q- QB wins aren't a QB stat. And he's like the personification of wins aren't a QB stat. So I think he's always going to be divisive in that way where, oh, if his throws are so great and he's able to do this, that, and the other, then why are they not translating to wins? And you're like, well, he plays for the Chargers, the most cursed franchise in the NFL. Like, right. And Theo's posting videos of none of the receivers being open ever. And you're just watching this. And I like, I watched, uh, I mean, the Chargers came into Atlanta a few weeks ago 
And I mean, he was fine, but it's just like you're looking out there. It's like my guy, Josh Palmer, and there's uh, he was going under a bunch to this slot guy. I forgot his name off the top of my head. Not Hardy, but it's something like Carter. that. Uh, say it again. DeAndre Carter. Carter. Yes, Carter. So he the likes five targeting. Foot eight kicker, the yeah. five foot eight kicker turner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's like it. Runs the like, wrong route constantly. <laughs> right. But that's him. That was it. That's who that's, he targeted the yeah. most in that game. And you're like, I don't really know how to get a great read on Herbert because it doesn't seem like there's a lot for him to work with at this point. But um, I think the bigger thing we have to mention is just that the Bengals who have won five straight who were a cursed franchise until Joe Burrow came <laughs> in. The biggest difference between Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert is Joe Burrow actually backs up. Uh, the great throws and Joe Burrow takes the beatings and he's just like, you know what? I'm going to be, I'm going to be even stronger. Justin Herbert Chase. literally is walking around with a bruised, like collapsed lung. Like Joe Burrow is, <laughs> uh, got a what? bruise. <laughs> he's, uh, what? <laughs> Joe Burrow had an append appendix removed, uh, prior to the start of the season was just like, who needs an appendix when At you're Joe one point, freaking he Burrow? was literally playing, playing the quarterback position where he's like what, about to explode like a chair in golden eye, <laughs> like, like <laughs> one hit away from his body, just combusting. He's like, one shot. He's a one shot. Bro. Yeah. He's one shot. He's one shot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, what the, my point is is they they have seven wins right now, and they could they could end the season with eleven and get into the playoffs, and oh, they wow. look they look like a much different team with Mike Williams back. That's great. They're not winning the division. They're not winning. They're not getting to the playoffs. They're not winning out. Like, what are we doing? I'm not allowing the Chargers nonsense to come back into play. The teams <laughs> who can win the AFC, I think, is actually a little bit deeper than people think and the bills are in good position to get the one seed um i think the biggest thing about the bills is they can win crappy like the jets really gave them all they can handle uh the first under 300 yard offensive game in since like a year and a half ago so josh allen was kind of kept in check he had a couple big drives uh, but the defense is great like greg Rousseau, uh i think he had two sacks yesterday um ed oliver's great you go up and down the list like they lost their best pass rusher and you didn't even notice it which is a good thing uh if you're a bills fan where you're like we lost Von miller for the year that sucks but it's also like uh, our defense might be just fine but you look at it it's like it's the bills um it's the Bengals who've won five straight um i think who else could we throw in here i would say like i'm not jumping off the ravens thing yet the ravens have talent all over the place they're getting healthy at the right time uh, Marcus Williams being back. Clayus Campbell is still a monster. You go up and down the list. I'm like, the Ravens aren't really going where Patrick Crean's been really good this year after being one of the more terrible uh, draft first round draft picks in recent memory. You go up and down the list and I'm like, I think the Ravens are getting a little scary. Gus, you saw the best version where like Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins as a two headed monster makes a lot of sense. And they are if they are able to stay <laughs> this healthy and get Lamar back. I think they can win the AFC. I think if this there's is a- any team, if there's any running backs that put the fear of God into defenses, it's Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins. They were great yesterday. They were <laughs> oh, fire man. and ice, man. So They're- was Brock Purdy. Like, uh, well, hold on, Mr. Jordan Mason and running back you, where you just have this collection of running backs coming through. I mean, that's a that's a good thing. Hold on, their scheme's good. The the, the Ravens are fine. Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins are good players when they're healthy. I like their back and I, forth. I think their running scheme is good. I, I yeah. have problems with the way their passing attack is designed, and sometimes like guys <laughs> will be running routes. They'll be also running the Chiefs. Routes by the way, like, I, meant to, I forgot. I did not say the Chiefs. As the, the Chiefs kind of go. Yeah, we know. Yeah, we know. We know. <laughs> To me, I think the Chiefs are my favorite to come out of the AFC. I think mm. that's not a. I, I would. I would assume Vegas backs that up. I. I they have Mahomes. Mahomes is has the highest EPA per, EPA per play in like league mm. history right now. Uh, 
to me, I, I know Hertz is getting all the MVP love, but to me, it's still it's still Mahomes. Like if I had to pick one guy, in the he's league, like yeah. losing That's out on most- he's because he's such a boring, obvious pick. He's like losing out on the notoriety of how good he's playing. Like we all expect him to play this well, so it it's like not getting as much shine. Right. He's he's having the most efficient quarterback season basically ever right now and he's leading the number one offense i know last week they scored 34 on the broncos defense that's like more than any other offense has scored on the broncos all season and yet he fell down the mvp ladder because of some silly picks which i think people tend to overrate but anyway they're very good i think um obviously you've got kelsey the bengals i think are number two for me obviously they have beaten the chiefs each of the last three times they've played i think burrow has taken his games to another level this year, I think last year, Herbert versus Burrow, like I was pretty clearly in Team Herbert. I thought the the Chargers offense was number two in the league last year in points and yards per drive. The Bengals offense was like 17th in yards per drive and 12th in points per drive. Herbert was above Burrow in all the different statistical categories, all the efficiency stuff, and he was playing without Jamar Chase or T. Like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are a good duo, but they're not quite Higgins and Chase. So to me, I was definitely Team, like, Herbert is better. Herbert is, I get that their team results aren't as good, but look at the offenses they were leading. Look at their numbers. Look at their kind of, I think Herbert has a better pop and Herbert has the stripper arm. Like all of like everything to me points to Herbert. I think this year it's very much like Burrow has taken his game to another level. The Bengals offense is actually much better than it was last year. Uh, I think that he is protecting the football way better than he was last year. I think that he is picking apart these two high systems whereas last year the the no one really respected the Bengals last year and they were playing them with a lot of single high and he would just I mean the Chiefs game in the regular season if you guys remember it was just Jamar Chase one-on-one like yeah just throw it up to him and he'll catch it it was a lot of that a lot of go balls down the field and I think this year he's he's really kind of taken his pocket presence to another level I think he's taken his like anticipation and decision making to another level and he's taken the Bengals offense to another level so I think like the only thing that concerns me with the Bengals is they don't have a number one corner now that Shadobi mm. Awuzie is out. Like, I think there could be a shootout, and their defense is good this year. It's good. It's really solid. It's well coached. But to me, DJ Reader, the back lack helps. of diff- DJ Reader's so amazing. He's so amazing. They're going to be great against the run. They can make you one dimensional against the pass. But I do worry about some great passing team, like the Bills or the Chiefs, like being like they can be one dimensional. They're already one-dimensional, man. Yeah. Like <laughs> the, the, the Bills are already one-dimensional. They're not running. They're not really gonna like pound the rock on you and and punish you. Neither are the Chiefs. So I could definitely see them losing a game like that with, with without a Wuzier. I've got the Bills. I think the Bills are a little bit more dicey than a lot of people think. I, hmm. I know that they're a very popular Super Bowl pick, but outside of Diggs and Allen, I'm not impressed with their offense. Like they can't really run the ball between the tackles unless it's a Josh Allen scramble or designed run, and Gabe, I don't. I'm not super impressed with Gabe Davis or Isaiah McKenzie or their offensive line. It's just kind of like Allen and Allen and Diggs go do mm-hmm. something. And to me, it it kind of all falls on Allen's shoulders. To me, Allen might be the most valuable player in the league, just in terms of the supporting cast he has around him on offense, compared to how good the offense is. And if you're that valuable and you're carrying the talent that much, it's hard to be the best team overall, which is what gets you the Super Bowl. So I like the Bengals and the Bills, or the Bengals and the Chiefs more than the Bills. Uh, and then I think the Dolphins, 
we'll see. I mean, the the last two weeks have been pretty damning for Tua, I think, with taking away the middle of the field, <clears throat> pressing the they've been pressing the wide receivers, disrupting the timing, and he's just trying to force it into tight windows anyway. Uh, I, I do think that there's a little bit of a blueprint there to stop them, and I think they'll lose in the playoffs if they if they even make it. It's kind of a tough schedule for them the rest of the mm. way with Jets defense and the Patriots. So I'm not huge on the Dolphins winning it. I'm not huge on the Ravens winning it just because I don't. They they just are kind of the, all the talent is there. I love Lamar Jackson. I like J.K. Dobbins a lot, uh, but like man, it's just tough to win in this day and age without an elite passing attack. Hmm. And with the wide receivers they have right now, it's just tough. It's just tough for me to see it. It's just tough for me to see it. Like they can run the ball, but I, I don't know if I consider them like really serious contenders over another team in their division, even the Bengals. So I think it's it's Chiefs and then Bengals and then Bills. And there's certainly other good teams that maybe could could really win the NFC right now. But in the AFC, I think I think that those are the the three. And I'll, I'll go with the Chiefs. I don't know what you guys think if or Evan, I. You're, I agree. You'd, you'd, yeah. Who will the 49ers face in the I'm not, Super Bowl? I, I, I hope to God that uh, Mike McDaniels gets a real quarterback next year. <clears throat> uh, maybe it's Tom Brady. He tried to get in there last hey, year. Honestly, I think that <laughs> he moves be, down a little bit. If he can't go to the Niners, it's the next best thing, right? Um, Evan, of the three, co- I, I think this is interesting. And I, we haven't seen this in the NFL before, but this may have been like the worst hiring cycle we've had in a long time at the head coach level in the NFL, where yeah. Nathaniel Hackett, I think, is probably like most likely coach fired uh, of this group. He like, should I have think been there's no already. way to bring him back. Like, I think just the, you've invested too much in Russell Wilson. Like, you cannot bring this man back. Like, it's over. First year coach, we've seen it before with Steve Wilkes. It's not very common, though. Most coaches get a year or two. Like, they get a couple years to prove it. I think there's a path where we get three first-year coach firings. And the three being Nathaniel Hackett, number two, Todd Bowles, and three, Dennis Allen. I think all three, you can make a case. And you read the replies from all the fans after where we saw what Dennis Allen did on Monday Night Football and this the horrible game management from Dennis Allen then like the Mark Ingram running short of the sticks and just running and you're just looking at it and you're like everything's bad here like the juju the offense stinks like this is just you're talking about finding ways to get Alvin Kamara more involved in like mid-December it's like what are we doing here why is this a conversation at this point and then Todd Bowles just has been an absolute train wreck and what this offense has become with Brady and just the amount of weapons that they've had all year long punning from uh uh enemy territory like yard line yeah, yeah like what are we Browns doing it's game, just it yeah. hasn't changed and i i look at all three and i'm like i think there's a real case to be made that all three should not be head coaches in the nfl like bowl's a good dc dennis sounds a good dc nathaniel hackett i just think got he got so much benefit of the doubt of working with aaron <clears throat> Rodgers for a couple of years that a lot of people were like oh he's great and you're like well he was also the oc for blake bortles during those jaguar runs and those weren't great offenses um i don't know i think there's a case that all three get fired do y'all think so i think so i think that when you look at bulls and dennis allen dennis allen has been a head coach before and it didn't go well and Mm. it's not going well again and you would think with the saints right when sean payton Mm. left You'd think they, the offensive coordinator who's been there for like 18 years, he's always been with Sean Payton. You'd think like, let's just keep everything this, Pete Carmichael, mm-hmm. let's keep everything the same and let's just get healthier. Because last year they were a complete train wreck when it came to injuries. Everybody was hurt. 
And like, if we could keep everything the same, the coaching, everything is pretty much normal. Just no Sean Payton, but we've got a bunch of experienced dudes. It's all, it's all going to be fine. But so there was really no excuse, I think, because how do you get back? They're all so experienced, right? Yeah. Everyone there is, has been there such a long time and has done such a good job in their coordinator roles that if you take away the the head is the snake and they, it doesn't grow back. I don't know how to. Yeah. Bruce Arians and Sean Payton have made so much money this offseason. Like their next job, if they want another one where it's like, oh, wow, we really undervalued uh, the importance of Sean Payton and Bruce Arians. Right. So I think next year you got to get a real head coach instead of I think I think Todd Bowles is a fantastic defensive coordinator. I really do. I think that he designed some of the coolest blitzes and the 49ers or not the 49ers. the, The Tampa Bay defense is honestly been pretty good this year and the pass rush has been pretty good this year and and all that i still think he's doing good things on that side of the ball but it's like can you just manage things and can you just be the ceo and keep a watchful and steady eye on everything and it's like no you can't if you're Todd bulls same thing with dennis allen so yeah really good coordinators they'll they'll find another job somewhere they absolutely deserve other jobs somewhere hack it (laughs) (laughs) hack it probably deserves some job doing something somewhere so i'll say that about him but uh, it was like they just hired him just to bring in aaron Rodgers, right like that was the main thing like you hired him before you acquired wilson because you were like it's a package deal nathaniel hackett he aaron Rodgers, his best friend they're gonna bring him in it's gonna be fine and then you didn't get aaron Rodgers. couldn't hack it and (laughs) hackett i didn't even know much about hackett as a packers fan because it's always Mm. the lafleur offense it looks like the lafleur offense lafleur is the one answering the questions it's not one of those it was always the defensive coordinator that got more shine and notoriety because the defense was kind of the defensive coordinator's thing and the offense was lafleur's thing so hackett was just kind of there to like you know do you work with the nuts and bolts so after he got hired i was like what is it with this dude i watched a mic'd up of nathaniel hackett and i was like oh Mm -hmm. my god oh my god this guy doesn't this guy's not it. Like you could, I immediately knew I, he, this guy is not a head Why? coach from the, the mic'd up. He's quoting anchor man. <laughs> He's just too goofy. Like there's nothing wrong with quoting anchor man. It, yeah. Have mm-hmm. you ever seen those bad lip reading videos? Yeah. Where the guy's just like saying just some random stuff and it looks like he's saying it. That's mm-hmm. what a Nathaniel Hackett mic'd up looks like. He's like, mm. let's go get some of those touchdown Aruskis, guys. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you're you're running like a gazelle over there. I can't keep up with you. He's just like, I'm like, this guy is a substitute he's like just teacher. as corny this as a head coach is, as Russell Wilson is as a quarterback. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. He's corny. He's not someone like, give me Belichick. Give me an asshole mm. as my head coach. Kyle Shanahan. That's a good head coach. <laughs> that guy knows he's <laughs> an asshole. I don't he'll, he'll He's not going to. Like maybe he's to me, that was kind of telling. And, and then there was the stories out of training camp that players are getting in fights and he's making them hug it out in front of the entire team afterwards, like publicly, like kiss and make up in front of everyone. It's like grown ass men do not want to fucking do that. I can't keep Mm -hmm. swearing. They don't want to, they don't want to do that, man. They've got them playing cahoots with like star Wars trivia mixed in. And they don't want to do that, man. This is the kind of guy. He's an Austin Powers super fan. It's like, this is my uncle. This is not an NFL head coach. So I could tell it's a, not even my uncle, but it's someone's <laughs> uncle. But uh, <laughs> it's 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 just not it. So I could see that one coming from a mile away. And it's it, it's what happened. A mile high away. Breaking news. Uh, Evan, you had your hand raised. Oh, breaking news. Uh-oh. Is it good or bad? I'm assuming you guys aren't like waiting for the Cardinals Patriots game, right? No. 
No. Ky- Kyler Murray non-contact knee injury. Oh. Looks really bad. Ooh, that's horrible. That is not good. Well, <clears throat> what a disastrous season for Arizona. That's all I got to say. I mean, it was lost anyway to lose Kyler to, for, for that amount of time. I mean, you could just hope he could be back ready for next season. I guess that's all there really is to say about it. I mean, I mean, this late, though, is he going to be able like to, He won't be ready, will he? Oh, that looks like an ACL. Yeah. That sucks. Peyton's reaction is just like, oh. Oof. Man. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, there's there's not much to say about it besides you hope he's ready for next season. Yep. And if he's not... Sorry to go be so negative, but I mean, that's not not a... That sucks. Um, the game just start, must have just started too. It's six twenty. Yeah. I thought, yeah, yeah, it must be like the first drive of the game. I'm pretty sure it was the first. Artists coming out. Yeah. Um, well, they we'll have a backup this, they trust in. They, they have a backup they trust in Colt McCoy and. Uh, yeah. Either way, prayers up to Colt or we'll to Kyler Murray. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it's a speedy recovery. Yeah. Um, sure. we'll end on this Baker on Thursday had a game for the ages. Uh, no notes, as you tweeted earlier about the the douchebag from White Lotus season one, Evan. Uh, no yeah. notes. Uh, Baker is is at his best under those circumstances. Um, what did you see uh, in that just come from behind and the Raiders being <laughs> the maybe the most unlucky team in football this year, just getting double-digit leads and not being able to sit on them? Uh, I don't know if it's luck. Uh, Theo's shaking his head, so there must be something more at play here. But um, the first half of the yeah. game, I'll say this about what happened. The first half of the game, they ran it between the tackles 18 times. They picked mm-hmm. up 2.7 yards per attempt. All right, they could not run between the tackles. Greg Gaines was destroying them. Bobby Wagner was destroying them. Mm-hmm. In the gotta have it drive at the end, they had a ch- the Baker scored or K- Cam Akers scored at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, they punted the ball back. There was a chance to ice the drive. The Raiders ran it in between the tackles right up the gut three times in a row, even though it hadn't been working all game. Three and out, punt the game back, lose the game. So that's all I got to say about that. I think that people can come to their own conclusions <laughs> on the play calling there. But uh, yeah, Baker, I thought his, I thought he, he looked... My problem with Baker is, I've tweeted this before, it's one of my favorite sayings about him, is he treats the pocket like it's Vietnam. <laughs> he is a soldier and he has PTSD. Mate, like, it's like a haunted house to him or something mm-hmm. where there's like things popping out from the side. And he's like, ah. He's mm-hmm. never set. He's never like got a clean throwing motion where he's like confident in the pocket. He's always like completely terrified back there mm-hmm. is, what it is what it's been for basically two years. There was a little oh. bit of that in this game where he wasn't quite getting sick for some bad misses, especially low. There's a couple of that in this game, but overall, the main thing that stuck out to me is he looked pretty poised, which mm. you haven't seen for Baker in a long time. Is he stepped up in pockets under pressure? He kept a wide base, he stayed balanced, and he was ripping it over the middle of the field and and completing some ball, some passes when when they needed it. He he legitimately looked, even though he had all the reason in the world to be nervous and not know what was going on. He looked the calmest he's looked in a long time to me. And that was, I don't know why I'm not a therapist. <laughs> if Baker well, certainly does not have it there. Yeah. You're, <laughs> 
so I don't know what was with that, why he looked so calm in a game where he wasn't practice, where he didn't practice and so like frightened in the past two years. Yeah. When he's had full off seasons and you know, he was as free as he ever could that. be. Like he's just like he's, my offensive coordinator is leaving this week too. Like Liam Cohen's on his way to Kentucky. It's like everyone's leaving. the The ship's going out uh, uh, to sea, and I just get to have fun uh, down the stretch here. But I mean, yeah, the vibes in L.A. country. I don't know what to think about it. Like everyone's jumping ship. I, I still maintain the belief that Matthew Stafford has already played his last snap as a. I NFL don't disagree. Yeah, and then Donald's gone. He's gone. Ramsey, I think, will be gone. You go down the list, man. The Rams could be really, really horrific for several, (laughs) several years uh, based on where things are headed. All Um, I will say is this. But they got a Super Bowl, so who cares? Yeah, all I'll say is this. Can we please stop having all of these feel-good stories of, like, quarterback reclamation projects in the NFC West? Can can they (laughs) go somewhere else? Can they go somewhere else and have this, Mm -hmm. like, career resurgence? Can we knock that off? I don't care what happens to the. To I mean, the Baker Seahawks Mayfield. are about to go like seven and ten. Like they're yeah. a fun story, but it's the the fun's over, uh, Evan. They're they're riding out to the sunset, but they're going to get the number two pick for this. Number three pick, number two pick. Uh, it's all house money. For I was Seattle. yeah, I was yelling at so many people in Denver when we were out in Broncos gear. I was like, yeah, I was like, stop, tell your team to stop losing football games. <laughs> Seahawks are making my order. Yeah. Jalen, yeah. <laughs> I like But it. yeah, Baker, I thought it was fun. I have no idea if he's going to keep it up or not. I agree with you. I think like the Rams will completely suck for the next couple of years. And it will spark the question would you rather have a ring and suck for a decade or be like relevant for a decade with no ring? The answer is always the ring. I am yeah. from Minnesota. The people around me have rooted for the Vikings their entire life. They have lived and died without ever seeing the ring. You take the ring. You yeah, always take, take the ring. Some, some teams some teams suck for a decade for absolutely nothing and they do it for a one wild card berth and they go back to sucking Detroit. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so you you take the ring. It was it was all 100% worth it even if they're bad for the next however long. As long as like a generation of it's worth it for like a generation. As long as a mm. generation of fans got to see a Super Bowl win, it's worth it because there's plenty of people right now, probably most fans, I would say, mm. have never seen a Super Bowl in their lifetime. Most of them, I would say, unless you're a Patriot, because the Patriots have won multiple, the Steelers have won multiple. Like it's all kind of, it's not evenly distributed among 32 franchises. So it was all worth it. I agree with you, Chase. They're going to suck in a major way recently we'll see if baker can keep it up i kind of think he can't but right it would be kind of funny <laughs> it would be just oh all of a sudden i want to do it they should do a bit they're not playing for anything the rest of the way just don't give him a playbook and he just goes in blind yeah. each week like just don't give him anything until game time like he doesn't have to practice all week just let him do whatever baker wants to do yeah, he can he can he can go on the beach he can film yeah. commercials he can he's in hollywood i think baker could be a great actor i legitimately yeah. think if you I put him too. in like a hang i think if you put him in like a hangover style movie with like seth rogan yeah he, he would be to, uh i think he'd be a, um, i think put he would be an amazing his, yeah. actor in a comedy yeah. i think he would legitimately be amazing in that role he's in hollywood now let him go shoot his movie the baker mayfield home at home with baker mayfield movie <laughs> Uh, it'll be an instant classic, and then on Sundays you could just show up, play the game blind, and uh, yeah, that's that's I, what I would do. I, I would there. absolutely like a movie where he and Zach Efron are brothers, and Zach is completely shredded and jacked, 
and Baker is like completely not and is like the lazy piece of shit brother. I would love that. He's going to go full dad yeah, body, body post NFL. That man is, uh, he's going to live comfortably. He's going to be hanging out and uh, doing that. But I don't know. Baker is Baker. I'm rooting for him still. Uh, he's I'm still rooting for Baker just because it's fun when Baker's on like that. And like what he was doing Thursday night, it's just it's just fun. I wish I could bottle whatever he was feeling at the end of that game. Yeah, where he's headbutting guys with no That's helmet. What I'm like he's headbutting guys no without his own helmet on. Like he's yeah. just he's a wild I man. wish I could. I wish I could bottle that feeling, whatever he felt to prove everyone wrong in that moment. And like, I don't know if I've ever seen anyone as happy as Baker after yeah. that game. I wish I could bottle that feeling and shoot it into my veins that w- would have been better than any drug it, yeah it's I a good I story could have been baker in that moment if i could be anyone at any point it wouldn't be it wouldn't be tom brady after winning his seventh super bowl it wouldn't be michael jordan after hitting a game-winning shot it would be baker mayfield after winning that random thursday night game against the raiders because i think that was the the greatest sports moment of all time i was gonna say yeah i've i've talked about how i felt bad about baker's mental health for the last couple of years, because I mean, like you, you just feel bad, regardless of how big of a douchebag he might have been at, at times. You can't imagine what it's like to mentally go from being the number one overall pick and being a god in college to this type of drop off. Like it's got to be mentally tough for anyone to to like handle that. So it was nice to see him get a win. You know, I you know, I, I I have empathy for that. Yeah, Theo, what can the good folks check out from you and the team over at Stay Hot this week? Well, I will be making an all 22 breakdown on something. I never know until the day I'm supposed to make it, but you can check that out on Wednesday. You can check out all sorts of different Brock Purdy, maybe, maybe uh, on the stay hot channel, tons of different stuff going on over there. Individual videos from me, Matt and Bladen and the podcast overall. I post videos on my TikTok account, Theo Ash NFL and same handle on Twitter, Theo Ash NFL. Check out all the different stuff I make on there. And yeah, that's that's all I got to plug. There you go. Evan, you know how to wrap up these pods. How do we do it? Well, so you're going to first go to the Chase Thomas podcast and give him a five-star review and then immediately mm. go to the Stay Hot podcast and give them a five-star review. And then and then you're going to go to uh, to Amazon and you're going to order me some green tea because, <laughs> my God, I sound like an 80-year-old lady who's smoked her whole life. I like so. it. Um, there we go. Evan Swartz, Theo Ash, always a pleasure. And uh, I will talk to y'all both very soon. All right, take care, guys. This has been Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, and I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. It goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Chase, I think I'm going to hear more about you. I really do. I think you've got a way about you, but you're interviewing. Mm-hmm. You're, um, pleasantness you're smart so i think i'm going to hear big things about you nicely done nephew chase thomas podcast hell yeah